show. Have a great show for you this week. Got my man from the Denver Post out there doing his thing. Covers NFL as well. Broncos beat writer Cameron from the Boss Man Show. Cameron, how you doing, man? What's good in Denver today, man? Good, man. Just trying to get through another day. I hear that, man. Well, I had to hit you up, man. We got the Falcons coming out your way this week to take on the Denver Broncos, who are four and zero behind Simeon and Patrick Lynch last week, and the Falcons left the Panthers like a drum last week, man. So, well, how you feel like? How you feeling about this matchup for you for the Broncos this week, man? Yeah, I mean, this is an intriguing game. It's probably the game of the week, honestly. Uh, you look at this Broncos team, and it's, it's just the same story as last year. It's all about defense and what they've been able to do on that side of the ball. And it starts with the pass rushers, uh, Von Miller, uh, Derek Wolf, Shane Ray, um, and then that secondary behind them, Nikita Tlaib and, uh, and Chris Harris. And they really force uh, teams to figure out how can you beat them. Um, and there really hasn't been a set answer yet. So that defense has, has caused a lot of quarterback spits. Uh, so, but they have a real good challenge in their hand with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Fonte Freeman in that offense this week. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out the winner. Now, we have a little controversy here in Atlanta about whether Tevin Coleman's going to play. He has uh, the sickle cell uh, anemia, man. So what is it about Denver in the area that caused me got sickle cell not to be able to play out there, man? Yeah, it's, it's the altitude. It's the altitude. The air is so thin, uh, and, and people really don't realize it until they get out here uh, how thin it is. And it's not really just day-to-day life. It's more when you're in heavy athletic, uh, you know, like football, heavy athletic activity. Um, you really need air to breathe. And when you're at a loss, the thin air really doesn't help. So that sort of thing is probably what affects, you know, people with sickle cell, the sickle cell trait, uh, because, you know, you need oxygen and uh, those things uh, tend to be a problem. I know Ryan Clark from uh, Pittsburgh uh, had an issue with that when he was playing. And ultimately, uh, it really cost him a spleen, I believe. And he ultimately didn't end up playing the rest of his games out in Denver. Uh, but we talked to Dan Quinn on the conference call, and he seems to think that that's not going to be an issue with Tevin. Uh, I, I know he splits reps with uh, Devontae, so maybe they'll limit his reps or make sure if he's tired or or uh, or anything, he gets hydrated and gets those IVs in him um, so that he's not in a situation where, you know, the altitude gets the best of him. You know, talking to Wade Phillips and Gary Kubiak, do you feel like that they'll pretty much let Akeem or Chris Harris go with Julio one-on-one or a key follow him around. Uh, how do you think they'll end up playing Julio Jones? Because, you know, for me, Sanu doesn't scare me. Neither does Justin Hardy or Taylor, Taylor Gabriel. None of those guys scare me. So, you're going to stop Julio Jones. So, what's the plan you think is going to be for Kubiak and those guys to stop the Julio and Matt Ryan train? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It'll most likely be a, a key as the number one primary defender on uh, on Julio Jones. A key to leave. He's a 6-1 corner. He's their biggest corner out here. And he's their most physical corner which seems to be the best way to defend a guy like Julio Jones. Uh, you don't want to put a in corner. Um, even though Chris Harris is probably one of the best corners in the league, he probably won't see as much snaps because he's just a smaller guy. He typically guards the quicker uh, receiver. So you see a lump key to leave on him. The Broncos will probably defend him like they did A.J. Green a couple weeks back where they'll uh, play a lot of man-to-man coverage uh, with Tlaib on those short routes and those intermediate routes. Uh, and then they'll have safety help on the over the top with the deep route, so they get protection there. So you'll get a lot of one-on-one coverage, and uh, they've shown you know their ability to get home with the pass rushers and also defend man-to-man. Um, and even three interceptions in the last four games. So he's shown if you make a mistake with that ball, 
he's going to take the other way. Folks, we got Cameron Wolfie on the boss, man. So talking about the Falcons and Broncos coming up this week in out there in Denver. Now, Cameron, turn to you the offense of the, of the Broncos. Are you shocked that Simeon has played as well and Lynch looked good a little bit against Tampa as well? So are you shocked that the quarterbacks in Denver are playing as well as they are right now? No, not really. I mean, we saw them all training camp, and it was really who is Trevor Simeon was a question I got all summer because he wasn't really expected to win the job. But I think he's shown that, hey, he might not be the biggest thing. He might not have had the, the most heralded uh, college career, but he's, he's exactly what they need out here. You know, a guy who's going to be poised, calm, and cool and can make throws when you need to and also can manage a game and lean on the run game when you need to. So we saw against uh, Cincinnati when he threw for – for uh, 300 yards um, and four touchdowns, no picks, that, hey, he can win a game if you need to. If you load up on the run game and C.J. Anderson, he could beat you with his arm and, and throw on the ball to you know, D.T. and E. Uh, on the other side. So I think he's really earned the trust of his teammates and their respect that, hey, he can go and uh, lead us back to another Super Bowl. But you say that the quarterbacks are better than they were last year on the roster with Paxton and Trevor and Peyton and Brock last year? I think they're different. Um, one thing, you know, the stats will probably say they're better, but the one thing you can't underestimate with Peyton is just the fact that he brought the team to another level because of his experience, uh, his ability to make checks on the line, and just the charisma that he brought, just the aura of being Peyton Manning. Uh, so that that can't be understated enough. Um, but as far as the actual on-field performance and, you know, throwing the football and passing it, they've had a lot more success. Um, in their first four games offensively than they did last year, they really struggled, and it was it was questions, hey, can you keep this going? And obviously they won the Super Bowl. Uh, but, yeah, offense has always been an issue since you know, the last two years. But I think they've shown, hey, we can give you a little bit more offensively uh, so we don't always have to just rely on the defense to win us a game. Now, I read a, I read a quote from John Elway where he said some deals are the best of deals you don't make trying to take a swipe at Brock Osweiler after he got sh- shut out over there in New England. So how aggressive do they want to keep Osweiler? What was the offer to him to, to keep him there? And what, 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 what went wrong with Brock in Denver the way he just said, no, nah, I'm leaving, going to Houston? Yeah, yeah, they 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 did want Brock. They made him an offer, uh, not as much as Houston. Um, it was something in the range of, of fifteen, sixteen uh, million a, a year in that range. But it ultimately wasn't what Houston had to offer. There was obviously some 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 feelings uh, in this sort of deal. You know, Brock wasn't a big fan of being benched late in the season uh, for Peyton in that San Diego game. But ultimately, that was a decision that ended up winning them Super Bowl, so you can't second-guess Kubiak for that. But Brock felt like he was going to be the guy, uh, and ultimately that probably had an impact on his decision to leave. Um, and also, you know, you want to create your own, you know, own legacy, own style, and he's all, he would always have been the guy that, you know, follow Peyton. Um, and I think that probably had an impact on him as well. Um, it's a sort of a situation where the Broncos drafted him in the second round in 2012, uh, but he sat on the bench for about three years uh, watching Peyton, so he didn't get to play until fourth year. Uh, so the Broncos didn't really know what they had in him until he actually played. So they didn't have a chance to give him an extension, and they didn't want to overpay because they knew they had to pay guys like Vaughn, Brandon Marshall, C.J. Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders. So they couldn't; they, they weren't in a position to overpay for Brock, and they didn't. Now, look at the AFC West. The Raiders are 3-1. and one. The only losses was just the Falcons when they came out West and played the Raiders, man. So are the Raiders really legit in your mind on the Jack Del Rio and a threat to the Broncos and they're winning this division? Because 
San Diego collapses every fourth quarter. Kansas City got blown out by the Chiefs, by about Steelers last week. Oh, my God. So are the Raiders pretty much your mind in the top competition with the Broncos to win this division going forward? Yeah, I mean, it's still early, but I think they've, they've shown, hey, we can play and we can uh, we can do a lot that, that can, you know, be a good competition for the Broncos. The Broncos' first matchup with them is uh, November 6th. They go out there to Oakland uh, for that matchup. But I think, uh, you know, Kansas City's always been the, the most difficult challenge for the Broncos in this era. Um, and I think they still will have, you know, some noise to say once Jamal Charles is fully healthy and back to go. Uh, but, you know, we'll see with Oakland. I mean, they've got to prove that they can play this way for the whole season. And uh, Jack Del Rio has got to get that defense better, and they've got to, uh, you know, show that, hey, we can we can uh, go mano-to-mano with the Broncos when it comes down to it. So, you know, both them and the Chiefs probably, uh, you know, are, are, are going to be stiff competitions when those games come across. Did your guys ever talk about when they go to Oakland playing on, on that baseball diamond out there? Like, the Falcon players was kind of like, you know, they didn't really catch too much forward to play out on that baseball diamond. Did the Broncos players ever discuss playing out there in Oakland when it's the time of the year when they had the diamond still down? Yeah, no, they have to be careful. I know they, they sometimes they wear different type of cleats when they go out there just because of the obvious dirt in the middle of the field, um, and which is, you know, they're the only field in the NFL that has it. But I think since they've had a lot more experience playing there, they play there at least once a year, uh, they're, they're more accustomed to it. Um, and I haven't heard any huge complaints, but obviously that's sort of a, a anomaly playing on that type of field. So that's something that, you know, players have to be careful for regarding injuries and just uh, traction and those sort of things. Now, just a question as well the brother, man. Been out there in Denver, man. How you deal with that, man? <laughs> I look, it's, too cold. it's too cold, man. How do you deal with that, man? <laughs> Man, it, it is cold, but, you know, I, I think the views are great. That's the best thing that keeps going around. The mountains are great, uh, and seeing all that is great. But, yeah, it does, it's about to start getting cold now, so I got to start getting my winter clothes out. I'm not a big uh, – I'm not in a huge hurry to get that done. But, yeah, it's, it's about to start turning uh, real soon. Man, you all need a dome out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need a dome, man. I swear. Yeah. I don't know how to yeah. deal. So, man, are you coming to Tennessee when they get, when you guys play the, DeBron, the Titans in Nashville? What's that? Are you coming to Tennessee when the, the Broncos play the Titans? Yes. Good deal. I'll be up there. Man. I'm going to see you then. I'm going to be at that game. So Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, like I said, I cover yeah. the Titans too, man. So you got to definitely get up with okay. you when you come up to, to the field and see the, the Broncos beat the Titans' ass real good. Because <laughs> uh, ain't, ain't no good, yeah, man. Yeah. Ain't no good, man. Man, look here, Cameron, good to have you on the show for the first time, man. We got to do it again real soon. I look forward to this game on Sunday, man. We'll talk to you. In, we come to Nashville. We'll definitely leak up, brother. All right. Sounds good. All right, now, folks, that's Cameron Wolf on the Boss, man. So come on, this is my man from Metro New York, Tony Tebow Williams, talking about the Jets after the break. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant. 
focusing on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Boss Man Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody. Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Falcons and Broncos matchup. Now we're going to talk to our man from Metro New York, Jets beat writer, Chonga T-Bow with on the Boston Man Show, Bone. What's good, man? What's good up there in New York, man? Uh, it's going, brother. It's going. Not all good, but it's going. <laughs> I the man. You tell me about this nine-pick Fitzpatrick, man. What's up? What's up with my man? He's, he's forcing the ball in the coverage. What's he doing? I mean, nine picks in two weeks. That's, that's Geno Smith bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the clock has struck midnight on that pumpkin. I think it's time to turn it in. Exactly. Uh, I mean, is it he's forcing the ball to Brandon Marshall? Is he forcing the ball to the, the number eighty one kid? I mean, what is causing this this guy so much trouble right now? He's just throwing all these picks around. Yeah, I, I think that. Uh, well, I would say. It wasn't as bad as it looked last week against Seattle. I, I think there were a couple of throws he won and back. But I think overall, he played a pretty good game for the first three quarters. Uh, the, the Chiefs game is a whole different scenario. I think that he just pressed too much in the fourth quarter because they were only down 17-3 in you know, the final quarter. So, they, I mean, and they were still in the ball game. I just think that he pressed too much. And then by the time he threw a second or third and second, he's he just like, you know, screw it. I'm just, you know, I'll let it fly. And I think that was the problem. I think that, you know, once he threw that pick six, that was definitely the, the ultimate finale. 
Exactly. I, I'm like, I'm concerned. Uh, could Geno Smith not do this as well? I mean, what happens up with Geno Smith? Is he having a sniff of getting, getting in the game? Or is Bowles sold on Fitzpatrick? And what about Petty and, and Hackenberg? I mean, you got four quarterbacks players on the roster, but one of them's playing like trash right now. Yeah, well, Hackenberg's not ready. Uh, Petty is still banging up with his shoulder, so uh, there's no shot of that. Uh, and honestly, there's no shot of Geno either. This is Fitzpatrick's team. Uh, Marshall said that he is going down with the ship with Fitzpatrick. So this is all on Fitzpatrick. I mean, I can't see a scenario anytime soon where we see Gino on the field in relief. I mean, barring injury, this is all Fitzpatrick's team, and it's all go with him. Now, when you say count, did Gino look any better? Uh, is he like he's a better quarterback? Uh, how did he look to you at camp when he was out there? I, I thought he was fine. I, I thought he did well. I thought he had command of the offense. Uh, it's just that once they finally signed Fitzpatrick at, at like 11th hour, I think they totally forgot about Geno because Bowles had said if they ever get Fitzpatrick into camp, it's his team. So it, it, it kind of thinks that way that the whole time they did it for Geno to be the quarterback and then the last minute they signed Fitzpatrick and they just kicked away Geno to the dungeon. It, it stinks, but that's the way it goes, and I really don't see it changing anytime soon. Now, looking at the running game at Matt Forte, it seems like it's it seems like it's not as good as it could be. It's, does Forte look like he still has a lot of gas in the tank left, or how's he looking to you so far? In Blau Powell as well, I saw I saw that play at the goal line. He kind of dropped the pass a little bit there. We're going to go to the red zone. So, what, what do you feel about the Jets running back game? Well, it's starting off hot. I mean, it's it's I mean, excellently actually. I mean, I mean, started again against Buffalo, where Forte just dominated the Bills' uh, front seven, and then they kind of hit a snag, and now they kind of hit a lull, and now the offensive line is not performing as well as it was in the first two or three games. So now they're kind of at a crossroads now, and you got to figure that they don't have their right tackle yet. Uh, they, you, know, you, know, you know, don't have Breno yet. Breno is still injured. He's going to pop list until week, at least week six. So that right there is an issue. They don't have a start right tackle. They're not meshing well as far as run blocking. And now what happens is when you don't block well in the running game and running game doesn't work, now it all goes on, on Ryan's head. And Ryan can't carry an offense by himself. So they, they need to get this, the problem fixed fast because this is still a brutal uh, month of, of the schedule. They still have Pittsburgh, they have Arizona, and, and they have Baltimore. So this is brutal still. Oh, yeah, and the Jets could likely be 2-5 and five or 3-4 and four maybe. And the Pats with Brady coming back at 3-1, and one, I mean, that, that that division looks like it's already – the Patriots division out the water already. It's like week four. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think division's already over. <laughs> I, I mean, I yeah. know I, – I think that the, the best-case scenario for this opening 16 stretch that I think I think the Jets want to go at least 3-3 three and three, or if not 4-2 and two. Uh, and now that's not real. I don't think that's happening. I don't think they, I don't think they can get to four and two. Obviously, uh, and three and three is probably out of question as well. So this this is a brutal stretch. If they get through this, if they get at least maybe one win out of these next three with Kansas, with uh, Pittsburgh and, and uh, Arizona and the Ravens, if they get at least one of those wins, they'll still have a shot at the, at the wild card. But as far as winning at AFC East, no shot. It's over. Is it at Arizona or it was Arizona coming out there? It is at Arizona in prime time Monday night. Okay. I wonder if Carson Palmer will be back from his concussion. Probably so, right? Oh, yeah. I imagine he will be. So, it, it, it will, I mean, that right there is probably the most, uh, a must-winning game you know, you know, for, for the Jets because of that factor. Even if Carson doesn't play, 
they need to get that win in Arizona because I don't think they're beating Pittsburgh on, on Sunday. They can win against the Ravens. That, that, that's a possibility, but they need to win the game in Arizona. Exactly. I think that's the one they got to get out there at University of Phoenix Stadium out there with the Cardinals who are struggling themselves. And talk about the Bills a little bit, man. Rex Ryan, like he won the Super Bowl, he beat the Patriots with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, my man, you beat a third-string quarterback. And Richard Incognito was throwing out GILs at uh, Bill Belichick on Twitter. You have to see these guys in four weeks. That like, might be a, a blowout city once they get done with those guys in Orchard Park, man. Yeah, even if the rematch is in Buffalo, uh, the league is going to get a scorched-earth Tom Brady, and uh, that's not a good sign for a lot of teams in the NFL. Uh, is Rex being Rex? I mean, Rex is the same guy who went back and said, remember this, he said that Aaron Donald, the best he tackle on the league right now, couldn't tie the shoes of, of Richardson on the Jets at that time. And now he backtracked today with that. He, he, I mean, I mean, that guy pulled a hamstring. He backpedaled so far from that statement now. It's, it's, <laughs> sure it's, Rex, being, it's Rex being Rex. I mean, can now Rex all of a sudden compare Donald to a John Randall, who's a Hall of Famer. So it's Rex being Rex. He owed us now too much, and now it's time to pay because I think I think the Rams are going to gun for him on, on, on Sunday. I think they're going. To, I think the Rams are actually going to destroy the Bills on Sunday because that, that front that front four is vicious. So it, it's Rex doing what he, what he does. He likes poking and provoking Belichick, and that's just who he is. Exactly. Now, I can't wait to have a blowout in four weeks in Orchard <laughs> Park. And looking at the Giants, man. Uh, ODB, I mean, what's good with Odell Beckham, man? Like, I think my man is tripping. Like, he, he's on some emotional roller coaster. Like, what's wrong with my man? I mean, is he not getting the ball enough? Is he upset with the offense? Defensive backs are roughing him up. What's good? What's wrong with Odell, man? I, I think that he's in his he right now. He's just so far in his feelings that it, it's it's criminal. Uh, he, he's just an emotional kind of guy, and and. And honestly, he's kind of a front runner. So when things are going great, he is a he's a model of joy and consistency out there. But when things turn and things go sour, you've seen it. You've seen other DBs and linebackers. They try to punk him. They, you know, they all try. They all try to get inside inside his ceiling, inside his head, and it's working now. But right now, things are not going well for the Giants. So when things are going bad, he's going to go sour, and teams pick up on that. Everyone knows that when things go bad, he will go inside himself a little bit in his ceiling. So. He has to mature and grow up. I know Eli is tired of the questions. I, I know Cruz is tired of questions. And I know McAdoo is tired of questions. So he needs to grow up quickly and, and get his head on straight. Now, uh, I know we talked about this in preseason. We was kind of the uh, bearer of bad news, the grim for Tony Romo, man. <laughs> he got hurt the same day we talked about it. Uh, Dak's the quarterback, man. So how you feeling about Dak Prescott going out there, ball, ball like he's balling and, and – do you think that Tony Romo should get his job back once he's healthy after the bye week? Uh, I, I, I'm usually in favor of a guy who gets injured. If he comes back healthy, he gets his job back. But at this particular moment, I don't see how they can just give the job back to Tony because, one, Tony has proven the last two or three years now he's been kind of fragile. He's been up there in age. And Dak has been playing some good football down the thing with Dak is they're doing a great job protecting him. I mean, you know, as far as and the Cowboys don't allow him to throw the ball deep as much. If you watch his, his, his splits, he's not throwing the ball downfield, but he's doing very good in the check downs and very good underneath the routes, underneath the coverage. He's doing very, a very good job with that. They have a very good running game, a great offensive line. 
So um, so he's playing well, and right now he's got the offense. So I, I don't see how Tony can just jump back into that spot. Now, uh, I know you know we all know Jerry Jones, and Jerry Jones is uh, a wild card, <laughs> and, and Jerry might pull trigger on that, and Jerry might say, you know what, this is my team, and I got Tony my quarterback, and I'm putting him in. So <laughs> who knows what Jerry's going to do because Gary has no control of the situation. Gary is just his puppet, so it's on Jerry Jones, and who knows what Jerry's going to do. Exactly, folks. We got Tony T. But we're on the Boston Mansion of Metro New York talking to us about NFL. And we'll turn to the Knicks right now, man. I read a story where Derrick Rose said that practice was kind of hard because of a triangle being put in at the field, got on the court, and started instructing. I thought Hornacek had the free reign of running what he, what he wanted to run. But I'm reading the story, and I'm like, what? Phil's on the court instructing? What do what you know about that, Bone? Yeah, uh, Phil has stopped practice a couple of times and got on the floor. I think out of frustration, it's because he's not keen on how the point guards are feeding the post to the big men. He's not keen on the footwork of some of the big men. And right now, it's still a learning process for him. You saw last night, they gave 130 points to the Rockets. Um, and it was just an ugly performance. Everyone but uh, Porzingis was just was terrible. So, I mean, it's a learning process. And it's going to be taking time because this is two systems being combined. Uh, Hornacek, as you know, in Phoenix, he ran an up-tempo, a three-guard attack. Nice ass to come there and, and run a slower pace with a triangle. So it's going to take some time to get used to and have the personnel gel. Uh, I wouldn't panic just yet, but Knicks fans always panic you know, early and often. Uh, but I will say give some time. I mean, it's only preseason, and we'll see how it goes from there. And finally, for you, Bone, the Derrick Rose uh, trial issue, man, uh, we know about that. And is Derrick Rose in trouble criminally or civilly from, from what you know? Yeah, I, the, the one thing that bothers me about this whole thing is that he kind of takes it cavalierly, like where he's almost like saying, you know, I'm innocent, I'm uh, proven innocent, uh, it, it's, it's nothing to me. Uh, it just seems like he's not taking that seriously, where, you know what, he can actually do some time here. So, uh, he's he's very confident in his his, you know, his team of uh, lawyers and advisors, and I get that. But you know what? Uh, I want to take I want to be so cavalier about it because this is a real life issue, and this actually backfire on Phil because Phil, when he traded for him in June, said, you know what? I wasn't thinking about this because he thought it would all be be all gone, you know, already. And but it's not going away. This is a real life situation that that needs to be handled asap. Exactly. And the bone before you go, man, what you got going in Metro New York, man? And, and what else you got going to work with all the teams you cover, man, up there for the Metro New York doing big things for those guys, man? Yeah, thanks. So, uh, like I said, I'm a Metro.us. Uh, you can find me at T-Bone8 uh, on, on Twitter and also uh, T-Bone8 Sports on Facebook. And and also, I'll be doing a lot of Jets, of course, coverage. And Knicks coming up soon with the season starting. And also a little bit of soccer on the side, but mainly the Jets and Knicks. My man, hey, soccer, man. You got to teach me about soccer, man. I have no <laughs> clue how, what to even start with that, man. <laughs> Is that I, kickball I, I, on gone, grass? <laughs> I tell you what, I've become a fan over the last 10 years because my son plays travel soccer competitively, and, and, and it's a, it's a big-time league. So I, I kind of got accustomed now to soccer now. You would think a guy from the Dominican Republic would know about soccer, but I don't. <laughs> it's like, yes. You would think, but I don't. So I'm like, so I need some knowledge about that. I'm calling you for soccer, man, no doubt. Bones, I always you. appreciate the time, man. You, you're the best, dude. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. Anytime for you, man. You know that. No doubt, folks. My man, T-Bone, the boss, man. So come on, this is my man, Greg Arias, talking about the Titans, who are now 1-3 again after the break.
Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focusing on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on facebook at academics and athletic consulting or twitter at coach t wheel 24 or instagram travis l williams 24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Show. We had a great show for you already. Cameron Wolf, Denver Post, or Tony Williams, Metro New York. And then we joined by my buddy, works for TitanInsider.com, right for them, and the Locked On Titans podcast, because we're definitely locked on the Titans. We're joined by my man, Greg Harris, on the Boss Man Show. How you doing, Greg? I'm wonderful, JR. How are things in the big city of Atlanta tonight? It is going well right now, man. It's a 90-degree day, and I'm happy we're inland, so we don't have to worry about any hurricanes coming in to blow us away. Well, that's true, and that's certainly uh, becoming an issue for the Titans that they may well have to deal with. There is some talk that that game could wind up actually being played in Nashville this Sunday, of course, scheduled for Miami. Uh, We don't really know what the hurricane's going to do. It should be passed there by then, but the question is, Will there be any damage, and will they actually get to play it there? 
Exactly. I've also heard it may move it to the Georgia Dome, Greg. So we get to come down here and enjoy the Dome one more time and then our nice, nice open press box. Now, I would love that. Are you buying the chili dogs at the Varsity if we come down? I will buy you some because I don't eat there. I can't eat the varsity. It makes me sick to my stomach. But I will definitely Uh-oh, buy you that's some. That's not a good advertisement on the radio now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I am bluntly honest on this radio show. The varsity, the last night there, it made me physically ill. Seriously. I had to go to the hospital. Well, then, hey, you pick the place and I'll go. How's that since you know more good places in Atlanta than I do? Great. Taco Mac. Taco Mac. Take a roll, Taco Mac. So, yeah, man. So, hopefully, you know, if, if it moves, it comes here. If it doesn't, you know, I'll, I'll come to Nashville and then cover the tie. It does not admire to me, man. And what I'm seeing, Greg, is like, once again, I feel like it's the same old Titans. I hate to say it. I want to be positive about it for our Titan fans listening out here in Atlanta and across the networks here. But I feel like the Detroit Lions game was a lucky game. They should be 0-4. But I know they played them close. They played close last year, but they're not winning in when it counts. Well, that's true. I honestly think this is a better football team than a year ago. The record may not show it that much, but uh, you mentioned it. They're playing closer games. They're not getting blown out 38-10. to 10. Now, obviously, the NFL is about wins and losses. You've got to win, period. But I think this is honestly a better football team at this point in time. They're still lacking in a few areas. Uh, certainly uh, could use some help at wide receiver. They really don't have a game changer like you guys do down there in Atlanta with Julio Jones and some of the other guys across the NFL uh, that are capable of, of dominating a game as a receiver. The Titans don't have that. They need some help at cornerback. They probably need some more help at safety. And it wouldn't hurt to add a few more pieces here and there both offensively and defensively, just to shore things up a little bit. But I think it's a better football team overall. It's just not showing up in the win-loss column. Folks, we got Greg Arias here of the Locked On Titans podcast and TitansHire.com on the Bossman Show. Talking about the Tennessee Titans, who are now 1-3, unfortunately. Now, looking at this offense, Greg, I feel like if the Titans would maybe run the ball a little bit more, or tailor the offense to their personnel a little bit more, it could work. Because I feel like Mar- Mariota is overdoing things. He's pressing because she was not getting open, and the box is stacked for Murray and Henry, but Murray's still getting the job done. Do you feel like they should run the ball a little bit more or maybe use more of Jason Morrow and Delaney Walker maybe to help dog? Because they seem like they're the guys that are the fastest on the roster for us receiver-wise and getting open. So what can they do to make it better offensively? Well, you know, there were some interesting numbers that came out, and I read them on the podcast this week. I don't have them in front of me, but basically it went something like this. When the Titans work from a shotgun, Marcus Mariota is completing 68.7% of his pass attempts out of the shotgun. He's at just over 51% when he's working from under center. Uh, likewise, when they go with three wide receivers, he's completing 60-plus percent, and he's just over 50 percent when working with less than three wide receivers. So basically what it means is I think he is much more comfortable with the spread concepts and having a lot of wide receivers on the field like he did at Oregon when he was very successful there. He's more comfortable with that than he is trying to transition still and still a young quarterback. Don't forget now that Sunday's game – was just his 16th start in the NFL because he missed a lot of last season with injuries. 
So he has just now completed his rookie season as far as game experience in the league and still trying to get comfortable moving and transitioning from that spread to working from under center. So I think the Titans have to find a little bit better balance for him, maybe go a little bit more to the spread concepts, try to run out of that more, uh, and just make him more comfortable because the offense, the running game has been okay. The passing game at times has really struggled. But like you mentioned in Detroit, Jr. When it came time to win the game, what did they do? They went to the shotgun, and Marcus was able to drive them down the field. But he's not doing that under center, and I think that's the biggest thing right now for this team is getting him either comfortable under center or moving him into the shotgun and saying, this is what we're going to do because this is what worked best for him. Now, if you remember, uh, when, when Mike was here in Atlanta and Terry Rabisky, with Matt Ryan, a young quarterback under Mike Smith, I know you had Gonzalez, Roddy, and, and Michael Turner, and Gonzalez, but it was a three-by-one, as we talked about, with Kendall White, possibly, Tajay Sharp, and Rashard Matthews with Delaney Walker, or when he was Jason Morrow, who's fast, and DeMarco Murray on a single setback. Remember, he was in Dallas, Greg, DeMarco Murray ran from a single set in Dallas as well. And spread them out, give Marcus what he needs to spread it out, feel not a crowded box so he can exploit matchups. I feel like a lot of people told me it's in Atlanta and up in Tennessee that this is not the offense we remember from the Falcons. It's not. I was told by guys who played play for them both. They don't know what, what they're running in Tennessee anymore. That's not what we did here in Atlanta. So do you feel like that Mike and Terry are fighting each other for what to do? Because Mike ran this stuff in Buffalo and Jacksonville. It didn't work. But in Atlanta, he ran a spread. So what's going on, you think, with Robisky and, and, and Mike for trying to get the offense game plan together each, each week? Well, that's a very good question. You know, when you look at what Mike Malarkey said when they introduced this, quote, smash mouth, uh, exotic smash mouth offense, it was what he did in Pittsburgh with Cordell Stewart. Of course, Cordell Stewart wasn't exactly the greatest quarterback in the world. He had some moments. I think it's kind of they're trying to blend what Robisky did in Atlanta and wants to do with what Malarkey did back then with this smash-mouth exotic deal that they've put together. And there's some things in it I like, but there's some things in it at times that I really don't like and really don't understand and kind of question the play calling about why they do certain things at certain times. So that's a good question, and I think that's something certainly that we in the media here should pose to Mike and Terry both. I don't know that we're going to get an answer. Obviously, you know how coaches are. They're going uh, to play down the party line, and so you're really probably not going to get an answer. But that's certainly a good question that does need to be asked as to how it goes into the game planning with this thing because it seems like there is at times some conflict, if you will, or uh, – difference of things in, that they're trying to do and it's just really not coming together and working as efficiently as maybe they had hoped it would i feel like it's too much on the plate at one time for marcus and those guys i i, I feel like i feel like that they just need to figure out we need to run this set this time they need some fight offense because i feel like like you said they're fighting too much about what to run i mean i was great thinking about this when Milwaukee was at here in atlanta he ran an open spread offense for Mike Smith. That's why it's confusing to me. Like, you ran an open offense when you was in with the Falcons. Why are you going to this, this, not, this not, that didn't really work for you in Buffalo and in Jacksonville and running it again in Tennessee for the third time as a head coach? Like, I, I love Mike as a person. I feel like he's kind of stubborn to what he's married to, and he's messing him up once more. Well, you know, that's a very good point, and obviously uh, something certainly – uh, he's, like I said, not going to admit to, if you ask the question, 
you know, he's going to stick to his guns about his system and what he likes about it. But you make a very valid point there that what he did in Atlanta in the first few years there when they were really flying with those guys and Roddy and even uh, Harry Douglas, who is here with the Titans now that was part of that Atlanta group back then, uh, it's, it's not the same. And Harry has said as much confidentially. He's not obviously, and you know Harry, he's not going to come out and say a lot publicly, but it, it's not the same offense, certainly. Exactly, you know, and, and, and I know Harry. Uh, I was shocked to see Harry deactivated on Sunday. Uh, I was personally pissed by it because he's my buddy, and I'm not gonna lie, Greg. I was hoping that they lost because of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't go as far as to say Harry was wanting to lose because of it, but he certainly uh, was upset about that uh, just a little bit. And uh, you know, I don't know all of the reasoning behind it. You, you never really know. They're not going to come out and tell you, you know, why they felt like player X was better than player Y for this game and should be kept up and why Harry was put down. Uh, I think maybe some of it had to do with the fact that Harry's been working in the slot and with Kendall Wright returning, they sat him down with Kendall coming back up. But, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen going forward. Obviously, you know Harry. I know Harry. He's going to be a, a good soldier, if you will, and – you know, keep quiet and go along with the program and do what he has to do uh, to be part of the team the remainder of the year. And we may find out more about things after the season, but I don't think you're certainly going to hear anything from him now, at least not anything that we can quote on the record. Exactly. I'd say that Harry's a great guy. People in Atlanta know that. And, you know, a lot of our Titan fans, Greg, ask me about Harry all the time. And I'm like, hey, he's there. (laughs) That's all I can say. He's, he's, He's there. You know, like, like, what can I say, man? But, Greg, the defense now, as bad as the back end is, is holding it down. They're keeping the games close. They're not getting so many turnovers as we would like, but they're doing enough to keep them in games, which was something we didn't really expect with the back end being so bad. But you got rid of some bad guys. But so, how do you feel about the defense going forward? They can't even improve more. The front seven wise, we don't worry about the back end. We need all this. We need all that. That's god awful. But can the front seven do a little bit more for them going forward? Well, I think they certainly can. You know, they're they're getting a decent pass rush. It's not great, although Brian Arakpo the last two weeks has had his two best games of his career as a Tennessee Titan, not necessarily of his career. Obviously, he had some great games and great seasons in Washington, but as a Titan, the last two weeks have been his best as far as pressure on the quarterback. Derek Morgan, after a great game against Minnesota, had the injury. He is not quite, I don't think, 100%. He has not been the factor that he was in that first game. Jarrell Casey's doing well up front. So the front seven and the linebacker, the other linebackers as well, are doing a pretty good job. And the secondary, as bad as they are, make plays at times. You know, you go back and look at it. Parrish Cox made that interception on the pass in Houston last weekend after he had been picked on, and all of a sudden he picks the ball off from Brock Osweiler sets up the Titans with a chance then to come back down and potentially get a go-ahead score at that point they weren't able certainly to do that but at least he gave them that opportunity and if I had told you going into the game that they would have held DeAndre Hopkins to just one reception for four yards you would have either called me crazy or said the Titans won the ball game well they did it I'm not crazy and they didn't win yeah, it seemed like what cost him the game was Bobby April's special teams unit, and he got fired this week by Mike Millard. He said they remained great friends, but he, but he fired his friend. I don't know how good for the friend you are if you fire me. If we're friends, you'll fire me, and I'm going to be your friend. How's that working? But 
was it? Do you think it was Bobby April's fault that they messed that up, or was he that bad to fire him after four weeks? What do you feel about Mark Simpson going and let let Bobby go? I think it was a bit of a scapegoat move. Though now, don't get me wrong, special teams have not been very special. They've had their issues, and certainly the penalty for twelve men on the field that allowed the Texans then to gain five yards and actually get a field goal at the end of the half cost them three points. And then the kick return there cost them, a, or punt return rather, cost them a touchdown. So a total of seven or ten points rather given up by the special teams. And obviously that was a huge factor in the game. I don't know that Bobby April was that bad. I don't know that he was that good. Uh, I think that they've got some issues on special teams with some of the guys that they've got playing it. That's an area where depth with this roster, I think, can improve and get better, and you'll see a better outcome with that. One of the issues that I think will be corrected this week, Cody Riggs, who has been a very good core special teams player, was out last week with an injury. He'll return this week against Miami. He'll replace Valentino Bryant. Uh, the artist formerly known as Ant or uh, Antoine uh, Blake, rather Valentino. <laughs> Valentino, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who was he used to be Antoine Blake when he played with the Steelers, but to went to his middle name. He was the guy that got washed inside, was the outside edge gunner, and got washed inside on that punt return, and that allowed Will Fuller to get to the sideline. So he won't be in that spot this week. It will be Valentino Blake that will take over there, or excuse me, it will be Riggs taking over for Valentino Bryant. I've even confused myself with that name. <laughs> Yo, Valentino Blake, and I remember in camp he had all these bright shoes, these bright visors. Like, dude, you're not even that good to be on a roster. Why do you think you're this? But notice how great how the guys who are the most flash or the worst guys on the roster who are not that good. You ever noticed that? <laughs> well, not always. There's a guy in Carolina that's, that's pretty good that's got a little bit of flash to his game, so he may be the exception, though. I think he's still in Atlanta because he's knocked. He was knocked out Sunday. <laughs> well, that's true. He's probably still trying to figure out where he is. He got he got tattooed, but uh, yeah, I mean, in, in the case of Valentino Blake, he was a guy that struggled in coverage for the Steelers last year. He was brought in to play a backup role, and he's probably an upgrade over what the Titans had in his position as a backup last year. But that's not saying a whole lot, and it's no disrespect meant to him individually. He's just. Uh, yeah, he, he is what he, he is. He's what he is, yeah. Valentino Blake, a fourth-string corner at best in the NFL. Just being honest. We're honest in the Boston show, Greg. It's okay. We can be honest here. It's, we're in Atlanta. We're, we're not in Nashville. So people can't hear this show. <laughs> so, so you're well, safe. I don't know. With the interstate, the, or with the interstate, with the internet, I can, see, I've just totally lost it with the internet. <laughs> uh, they may, Valentino may, may come up to me and say something about it. He may be listening to this. Who knows? Exactly. You <laughs> are world famous. Well, you're right. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, man, tell us where you go, man, about the Locked In Pod on, on Titans Podcast with Brad and Terry, two guys I, I love a lot as well. What are you guys talking about the Titans every day? And, and so, so how's that going for you guys? It is going great. We have just uh, or will just complete our first month, four weeks of the show this Friday, and already we've broken 11 thousand downloads in just under a month so it's going well of course my co-host are terry mccormick who is the owner and operator and writer for titan insider i do some writing for him and of course you mentioned brad that is former tennessee titans pro bowl all pro left tackle brad hopkins who's also on there with us brad of course brings a wealth of knowledge played in the super bowl in 99 with the titans and spent 13 years playing left tackle in the nfl so he certainly knows what he's talking about 
knows a lot of things about the NFL. And we have a lot of different things. We have obviously different segments on different days where we go in and talk about different things. And it's all Titans related usually, although on Wednesdays we do a segment called Pro Scope where we look at things from around the NFL. But other than that, it's pretty much all Titans all the time every day. And you can find us on the Locked On Podcast Network or just go and Google Locked On Titans. Yeah, good, do that. I Google Locked On Titans, and then you know, I get locked in because I, I got to keep up with the Titans. I try to do my best, Greg, but you and Terry help me out a lot, man, if I can keep up with what's going on in Nashville when I can't get up there. And so hopefully, Greg, I may see this weekend. I may not. Depending on the hurricane, we just don't know. I'll, but I'll definitely see you on the 16th for that game up there in, in Nissan Stadium. Well, absolutely, and if the hurricane does move the game, be careful. Don't get blown up here rather than being able to drive up for the game on Sunday. Hey, I'll be in Dallas on Sunday with a friend of mine. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Well, hey, if we wind up the Georgia Dome, then how are you going to take me to eat? I might have to tell him I can't come to the game then, right? <laughs> they, I don't know. I believe I'd rather go to Dallas. No offense to the Georgia Dome. It's a great place. I personally love it. But Dallas is amazing, and if you've never been, you need to go if you've got the opportunity. So, Yes, indeed. Well, Greg, as always, thank you for your time, man. I'll see you soon, buddy. All right, JR. Thanks, as always. Have a great night. You too, now, folks. Greg Ayers from the Boss Man Show. Come on, this is the Boss Report after the break. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on facebook at academics and athletic consulting or twitter at coach t wheel 24 or instagram travis l williams 24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. (laughs) 
I, I was 100% right. Naked masturbation and sex scenes is as high as it's going to be. That's a lot going on. That's a, that's a hell of a lot going on. And uh, Florida man arrested after killing a lionfish underwater with a Glock handgun. Damn. That's badass. I didn't, I didn't even gonna hold you up. I didn't even gonna hold you up. <laughs> yeah. That's I, crazy. I mean, put on the Glock. <laughs> Boom. I knocked him out, you know? Shoot. Yeah, that. And we got caught on tape. Naked California YMCA burglars arrested after emptying toy cash register full of play money after hours. Did you say naked at a toy store? The naked California YMCA burglar was arrested after emptying toy cash register full of play money after hours. I'm still trying to figure out why nudity is the overall running theme here in the Boston I'm still trying to figure it out. I mean, like, how in the hell is it? I, I don't know. Um, why is everybody naked? Why is everybody masturbating? Why is everybody just engaging in public sex? The hell is the problem? Why are you naked rhyming things? That really is what makes my man sick to me. <laughs> exactly. It's all keep on going for you. Naked Florida woman angry at her ex arrested after allegedly setting on fire the wrong car in retaliation for her husband using to get naked with her at the park. Why is everybody naked? Why is everybody, what the hell is up with this week's boss report, dog? Why is everybody just consumed with nudity, masturbation, and all types of different activities? Exactly. <laughs> this report is just crazy as hell already. Like, for real? Well, Idaho couple is arrested after being caught being drunk naked, slimy, and crappy on the floor of a house they broke into to, quote, explore new lands and explore the new rising light. You see, once again, why are they naked? Like, why is everybody naked and engaging and such a long time? Like, I don't understand what the hell is going on this week. Just walk for dog. Like, what did you, what did you find these stories at? Playboy? I feel like, what the hell? That's what came into my email today. What's up with the world today, dog? The world is on the nut right now, bro. The world trying to get some nuts. That's the crazy part about it. Get this. Naked Florida man charged with theft after masturbating and dropping feces on a naked Donald Trump statue. But, you know, I can't even be mad about that. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I I can't be mad about that last one. I really can't. Exactly. The last one kind of... Can I got to you there, bro? I got you. Uh, we got this. Tennessee burglars are arrested after being caught having sex on the couch of women's they just robbed. I'm sorry. You said they were where? They were caught having sex. No, caught having sex on the couch of the women they just robbed. <laughs> <laughs> Dog, I am in disbelief by that one, bro. That's a that's a new one. That's a new low. I've seen a lot of lows. So they robbed the chicken and they got caught. That's 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 stupid assery to a whole other level of stupid assery, dog. Like it really truly is, bro. Like what the hell? That's that's unreal. That's unreal. That's a stupid ass way to get caught. Exactly. And 
Florida man charged with DUI after crashing into gas pump while getting, quote, orally, orally lewd. At the gas pump? Or no, that, while that, he was driving. He yeah, he was driving and he fucking orally lewd and ran to the gas pump. Got dome and then got almost <laughs> dead. Yeah, the theme of this Boston court is going to be naked and stupid. I think that's the overall theme. So far. And I knew it. I felt it. I felt it in the spirit when I heard the first couple of stories. I said, yo, this is naked and stupid, dog. This is what this is. And get this. Seventh inning sex. XMLB Daryl Strawberry admits he used to smash women's cakes and smithereens during games. Like, like while, while the games were going? Yes. Like, like during game time? Yes. I mean, Daryl Strawberry was already a legend, but doesn't that, like, doesn't that almost put him up there in the whoop chamber status? Yes, it does. I would have to say so, because that's quite an impressive feat. Not even gonna lie. That's quite, quite impressive. Quite impressive. All right, Daryl. All right, Daryl. Exactly. And we got five more to go for you, brother. A Southwest Florida woman arrested after she said she was assaulted by a man wearing a Donald Trump mask. Was it actually Donald Trump? Like, nah, I mean, I mean a, he's old eleven, so it might have been him. Could have been. Could have been. He's crazy enough to do something that ridiculous. But I mean, if you want to be, I guess if you want to commit a crime and get away with it, do it as an old white man. So that's exactly. actually a pretty smart, smart, smart costume. Well, random ridiculousness right here. Oakland police chase a naked man fleeing in a go kart on the highway, and he they lose it. <laughs> why is he naked in the go kart, dog? Like, first of all, how do you get a go kart on the highway? Second of all, why is everybody naked this week? I don't really understand. Did I miss the memo of Nude Week? Like, it's the first week in October, just ass naked week. Is that what it is? I guess it is. Man. Yes. Uh. Naked Florida man arrested after hacking into Walmart's computer service to quote write him some fake checks. Wow! At a Walmart? Why is it always going on a Walmart? Dog? Like, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> always Walmart, bro. What the hell? Like, I mean, people people fooling nowadays, bro, at the Walmart. Sam Walls is at his finest. Exactly. Uh, running ridiculous as we have Russian airport worker arrested after demolishing plane after getting fired. Well, I guess if you're going to quit, go out with a bang. <laughs> That's all I said. If you're going to go, give me a reason to make you go and go out with a bang. I mean, God have mercy. Though. I just don't want nobody hurt you. That's, that's another way to lose a damn job. That's crazy. And final one for you, bro, is this. Xbox Amy Dolphin star Travis Minor arrested after being busted in $40 Florida prostitution ring at Popeyes. At Popeyes, though? Like, why is this? You said a prostitution ring at Popeyes? Yes. <laughs> I mean, what, 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 it, what came with the $5 fill up box? Uh, a blowjob? Ring job? <laughs> Must have been. I'm saying though, you get topped off every time you order five dollars. The, the, the two piece with thighs, is that, is that what come with the breast? An actual breast? I think it does. That, that's how they swing at the Popeyes now. I guess it is, dog. So, dog, you heard this week's, this week's report, dog. What is your take on this week's boss report, man? My take on this week's boss report is naked, ridiculous, stupid, over the top, 
And why is everybody masturbating while they commit crimes and felonies? Like, I didn't know like, felonies were just such a turn on my day. It's kind of weird to me. Like, I, I don't really understand that particular, you know what I mean? But I guess people, that's the thing to do now. If you're going to do something, do it naked. So I guess there's no identifying clothes. I mean, it makes sense, though, for news reported, like, uh, a man wearing pubic hair. You know what I mean? It's like, makes sense. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, dog, before you get out of here with the boss support this week, what you got going on Family Ground ENT, man? Oh, man, we got a lot, dog. Uh, Wednesday, 12-5, we will be in Chicago at the Subterranean Lounge. So, all my Skytown people, if you out there, come rock with us. The show starts approximately at 9. Come on, enjoy some dope hip-hop. We come in a couple of hours and go out there and rock with us. And then on my Detroit folks, October 7th, Friday, we will be at Old Miami in Detroit, Michigan. Only five dollars. Blue collar gentleman, you know what I mean. Every time the blue collar for a show, y'all know it's gonna rock out. So come rock out with us. And just announced, dog, we will be in Indie Week in November. That's right. You have three opportunities to catch Family Ground live. Possibly the fourth one on that Sunday. Indie Week is November 15th through the 20th. Family Ground will be there. We will be having multiple shows. So definitely gonna have a couple opportunities for all my people down in the six. Go ahead and come out and rock with you. Fellas, I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy it, dog. You're going to enjoy it. Everybody hit up familygrind.com and subscribe to the website. All the details, first and foremost. Of course, the Twitter, Family Grind, the Instagram, Family Grind, the Facebook, Family Grind, for all the latest and greatest info first. I promise you. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant. Focus on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student-athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at CoachTWheel24 or Instagram TravisLWilliams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it.